sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, everyone, welcome back here to the morning after here on Sports Grid. I'm Davis Maddock, and no Ben Stevens with you guys here today. But because Ben isn't here, we got a full breakdown of everything going on at Wimbledon. Craig Mish, my co-host of Fantasy Sports Today, is going to join us here in a little bit. Tom Vecchio is going to drop in. We're going to talk some props. And, uh, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of good stuff coming on the program here over the next hour. Definitely want to take a, a close look at what's going on at Wimbledon, the odds entering today, no surprises here. Djokovic way ahead of everyone else, minus 190 to win the men's side of the bracket. Uh, I mean, the performance that he has put on, it's really been unbelievable the last couple of years. I, I, I have a feeling that because tennis has drifted outside the mainstream a little bit, and, and I mean, to be honest, some people don't like joker uh you know due to all of his uh you know personal beliefs and behaviors and everything he definitely doesn't get quite as much publicity you know definitely he's no andre agassi he's no pete sampras in terms of public lovability but he is unbelievable i am hoping that we get a joker carlos alcaraz match here at some point uh, alcaraz is is now actually back up to number one in the world in the men's rankings interesting that he is Four to one here. I wonder what the theoretical pricing on an Alcaraz Djokovic final would be. Probably not that different than what you're getting, honestly, in the finals market here. And Alcaraz is, uh, you know, very young Spanish guy, 19 years old. He is an unbelievably good player. Uh, and some of the other, some of the other names here, who I think you, uh, you know, could potentially. I have a a Holger Rune ticket now. Weirdly enough. My Holger Rune ticket was uh, was priced before the tournament at fifty to one. He's been on a, a little. He's been on the, the hard part of the draw, and he played a an incredibly long match two days ago, which uh, definitely is I, I think putting in to his pricing here. Playing a super long match is going to make it a little bit harder to be victorious in your next round. But honestly, trying to make any sort of drama out of the men's side of the bracket, it's pretty difficult, right? Because we we sort of know how the men's side of the bracket is going to shake down. Joker really is, you know, he is he is that much better than everyone else. He he is able to break his opponent's serve consistently, and he is an incredibly high ace percentage. He just really, obviously, he is technically the best out of anyone, but he also is mentally stronger, and tennis is such a mental game, and he is mentally stronger than anyone else in the sport right now. So I think this market honestly looks about right. A little bit more intrigue over on the women's side of the bracket. Obviously, the best player in the world on the women's side is Iga Swiatek. Uh, I mean, she is phenomenally good. She is plus 160 to win the women's side of the bracket. Uh, and then Arya Sabalenka is at six to one. I think she is fairly interesting at that price. And another interesting thing is that uh, former Wimbledon finalist Owns Jabor is 15 to 1 to win the women's side. No, she does have a tougher match that she is going to be playing this morning. In fact, I think that match might have already began. But I, if I was going to make a 
deeper wager on the women's side, it would definitely be on Amal Shabor, who is only priced down here. She's basically been rehabbing through injury over the last year. She actually has had to uh, withdraw, retire from a couple tournaments due to that injury. But if you run into a tennis player who is priced down because of injury, but they find themselves in good form, find themselves in good health, then they end up being discounted in the markets. And of course, welcome to everyone on radio here on the program. Davis Maddock with you today on The Morning After. No Ben Stevens. We had uh, an unbelievable finish yesterday in golf. Sepp Straka goes out far earlier. In fact, he went off uh, Sunday morning at 50 to 1. He was in the 20s on his opening nine. He shot a final round 62 to earn his second victory at the John Deere Classic. But what's really interesting is he was about to shoot a 59. All he had to do was par the last hole. He did find a little bit of water. The rest of the field spent their entire day trying to catch up to his unbelievable performance. And that is, uh, I think it's an underrated element of some of these side PGA Tour tournaments. You know, I mean, there, there's been a lot of discussion about the live and, and elevated events and getting the greatest guys. But I think something that, uh, you know, golf misses every once in a while is, you know, when we're playing the, the John Deere Classic, when we're playing the Barbasol, the Rocket Mortgage Classic at these really easy golf courses. I mean, there is something undeniably fun about watching a guy just catch fire for the absolute round of his life. At one stage yesterday, I believe it was through 14 holes, Straka had made almost 200 feet of putts. He was first in the field in strokes gained tee to green. He was first in the field in strokes gained putting. You don't get that combination all that often. We also had a, uh, a U.S. men's national team match yesterday against our rivals from Canada. It was the uh, it was the semifinal of the Gold Cup, which is the tournament between all the CONCACAF teams and Qatar, who gets to join in when they feel like joining in, because that's the rules of the game. Pretty interesting game. Uh, the U.S. men's team was able to defeat Canada on penalties in the end. I think a lot of people would be logging into this and be like, Canada, Canada can't be that good at soccer, but they actually are. Uh, the Much like the U.S. men's team is on the ascendancy, the Canadians men's team very much on the ascendancy in these days. They have a lot of great young players, uh, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, so a worthwhile win there by the U.S. men's team. We are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on TMA. I will rejoin you very shortly with my Fantasy Sports Today co-host, Craig Mish. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you guys back then. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after here on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by my Fantasy Sports Today co-host. What a treat to get to be in the host chair with Craig Mish today. We are going to be talking some Major League Baseball, some home run derby. And Craig, I mean, look, you're, you're coming to us from the heart and soul of Major League Baseball right now. The Miami Marlins, uh, I, I guess it's tied between the Marlins and the Reds for sort of the most surprising positive season. The Marlins... I mean, would have a great chance to win this division if they weren't uh, running into the complete buzzsaw that is the Atlanta Braves. I mean, the Braves are are so freaking good. It, it seems unbelievable. Uh, but, I mean, what are we anticipating 
for the Marlins in the second half of the season. Jazz Chisholm Jr. banged up again. Jonathan Davis injured again. Uh, I mean, are we going to see the Miami Marlins be buyers at the Major League Baseball trade deadline? Yeah, I really think so, Davis, and great to be with you this morning. Yeah, so I was out of town this weekend, so I missed some of the festivities, taking my daughter uh, to camp at Florida State University. Very interesting uh, interesting weekend, to say the least. But being back now, sort of getting a grasp on what happened this weekend, you know, Miami took two out of three from Philadelphia. We saw that crazy Ellie de la Cruz play, stole second, stole third, stole home. Look, I think it's a great phenomenon in baseball to have new teams in the mix. And so Miami, definitely a new team. They haven't been to the postseason since 2020, and there were no fans for that season. The Reds, oh my gosh, it's been so long since they have been good as well. But I think that both teams will be buyers, Davis. But the question at this point isn't really about the Marlins, and it isn't really about the Reds. It's about everybody else. Who are the sellers? It's, it's impossible to identify. I mean, Davis, you're good at this. Take a look at the standings. Like, you tell me. Like, yes, uh, you, you think this team is going to sell. But there's still 17 days or 20 days until the deadline. And every team in baseball thinks they could be the Reds. Why shouldn't they? The Reds, out of nowhere, won 11 games in a row. And did it in a, in a time where essentially no one expected it to happen. So the Mets have to be saying, why can't that be us? White Sox may be saying, why can't that be us? Cardinals saying, why can't that be us? Now, you know... And I know that's not going to happen, but you cannot sell your fan base on selling until it's actually time to sell, which is August 1st. So I don't anticipate a lot of activity until that actual deadline. I guess it's 5 or 6 p.m. or 4 p.m. on the day of the deadline. At that point, we could have more sellers. But as of right now, hard for me to identify teams outside of a guaranteed, let's say, four or five right now. That's it. This is, this is my guess. These are the teams that end up selling that I think would be on the borderline by August 1st. I'm going to guess the White Sox do not go on a run and end up sellers if anyone Agreed. wants to take a contract. They don't Agreed. love uh, the Cubs. Uh, obviously, if, if anyone, uh, if people are, are interested in any of these guys, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to guess things go that way. You could, you uh, could guess. And, and then, I mean, there are, there are the obvious teams, right? The Nationals, the Royals, uh, the Oakland Athletics, if anyone wants any right. of those players, the Colorado Washington. Rockies, those guys. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, yeah, I'm there, curious no, no. to see. Right now, there, there are, as you mentioned, it's very easy to name, let's just say, Davis, I'll give you the White Sox, I'll even give you the Cardinals, like, say, six or seven teams. But, Davis, that means even if we add a few more, let's add Detroit, let's add the Mets, that still means there's 20, 21 teams that are at least thinking that they can make the postseason. And if that is the case, it's it, the sellers are going to cash in huge on those players because everyone is fishing in that same pool. Now let's double down on that, Davis. Let's talk about Oakland. Let's talk about Kansas City. They don't even have that much to sell. So right. now we're down to four or five teams again. Are you really plucking a lot from Washington at this point? It, I, I got it's it's not the position to be in trying to buy this year I don't think I think the sellers are going to do very well because there's just so few of them yeah I mean look like guys like Trevor Williams and Josiah Gray I mean they might not the Nationals might not even want to trade Josiah Gray so would it be like no, look think. someone someone's going to end up trading for Patrick Corbin thinking that Patrick Corbin is an yeah. asset worth having on their team like that is where we are at uh the Major League Baseball draft happened Last night, mm -hmm. the Pirates uh, selected Paul Skeens 
from LSU. Uh, now, I, I know that my Kansas City Royals did this uh, at their pick. They ended up taking a guy who was like consensus 20th on the board to get a below slot deal. I have no inside knowledge. Was this selection by the Pirates a guy that, that was, was this guy the consensus number one, or was this a guy they reached out to and said, look, we'll, we'll take you, but we're going to pay you a little bit less? Was this a below slot deal? No, no, no. This this one is, uh, yeah, no. This this is probably the best college pitcher to come out in baseball, maybe since Strasburg. There's a lot of comparisons to him. He pitched unbelievably at the Air Force, transferred to LSU, pitched fantastic. LSU won the College World Series. He was the number one pick. His teammate was the number two pick. They could have gone one two either way. Uh, you know, the other thing that could happen here, Davis, is this guy is so good. That, and again, long shot here, but if the Pirates were to still be in it in August or September, there's a chance we'll see him this year, and that's rare. You almost never see that in baseball, but he's that good. I could see him throwing you know, 20, 30 innings at the big league level trying to help them out. So, uh, no, there will be no discount on this player, on, on Paul Skeens. He's, he's, he's going to get, at the very least, the most money. He's got nowhere else to go. So he's going to have to accept basically whatever they offer. They're, I don't think you can go over slot on a player that has nowhere to go after college, unless there's some league Davis that you know that, you're not, that, I, that you and I both don't know about. I think he's got to play in the major leagues. Usually happens with high school, uh, but I, I think Pittsburgh made the right choice here. Gener- it looks like a generational type pitcher to me in Paul Skeens. Well, uh, I mean, certainly our buddy Scotty Farrell is hoping it because he was, Scotty was so excited for that first month of the season when the Pirates were winning games. And it's been, uh, he, he doesn't mention the Pirates to me anymore. They came back they a little bit, though. They're, st- they're, they're still hanging around. They're not out of it yet. They could be by August. It's possible. They, you know, put guys on the injured list again. But all things considered, when you think about their win total at the beginning of the season, Davis are probably going to go way over that. So uh, yeah, that's a positive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So we just wrapped up a Braves-Rays series that a lot of people have, you know, ticked as basically, you know, kind of a World Series preview. They are the teams that are first and second in the World Series market over on FanDuel. The Rays could not score any runs on Friday and Saturday. Then they finally got a 10-4 victory on Sunday. And it's it's a real, uh, you know, styles make fights style of uh, of series, you know, if this does end up being the World Series, because the Braves... They're just like, oh, we have all these great players. We have Ronald Acuna Jr. We got Matt Olson. We got, you know, last year's NL Rookie of the Year, Michael Harris. They, you know, all these uh, Spencer Strider, the NL Cy Young favorite at this point. And the Rays, you know, they just do it bit by bit, piece by piece. Did you have anything to take away from the series between these two teams? Yeah, I, I think it would be very unlikely for these two teams to just face off in the World Series based on sheer odds. It just never works out that way. It's a guess, honestly, Davis, to to guess who's going to face off against one another in the World Series. Everyone's saying this is a preview, but you know the, the, the Braves were the preview in the World Series last year, and they got knocked out. So uh, Braves, to me, better team than the Rays. Uh, I understand the Rays' odds pr- probably, yeah, as you can see, right at the top to win the World or yeah to win the World Series in the American League. I probably would pick Houston or maybe dip down a little bit further and pick someone else. Texas is obviously interesting because of the season that they're having, but I think for Texas to win the pennant, they've got to also continue to push the pedal down and make some moves on August the 1st. So Braves, for me, should be the favorite. And I think, Davis, we've talked about this on our other shows, I think both Houston and L.A. have to look back at last year and say, what were we pushing so hard for to get – you know, Houston went all the way, but to get knocked around in the postseason, let's just chill. 
let's just get to the, to the postseason and then worry about it at that point. We've seen NBA teams do this all the time with this load management stuff. I'm not saying that they're giving players days off. I just don't think that the sense of urgency is going to be there for these experienced teams. They want to get hot at the right time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. All right, real quick here before we get out, give me a home run derby pick. It can be an outright, it can be a matchup. Uh, I my my pick is Adelise Garcia at uh, at it's seven to one. one. What do you got? Yeah, yeah, I'll take Randy Rosarina. It's it, it does feel like World Baseball Classic. Randy Rosarina shows up for this event, puts on a show. Uh, I know he's not the favorite, but you can get I think plus eight. Yep, I see it there. Or was it nine fifty? I don't know. Under ten to one on him. Uh, Mookie Betts has basically said he's not going to win it, <laughs> so I wouldn't be taking him in tonight. But I'm looking forward to watching it with everyone else. Yeah, looking forward to watching it will be good. Tom Becchio is going to join the program here next. Thanks to Craig for joining me. You can- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. into the morning after here on sports grid we are almost to the home stretch here in hour two davis maddock with you know ben stevens he's going to be rejoining you guys tomorrow but i'm here with tom vecchio we are going to be making a bunch of picks we're going to talk through the home run derby we're going to talk through some major league baseball and uh tom i mean look you you grind the props what do you even do what do you what do you even do right now when major league baseball is off i guess i mean you know we're grinding nba summer league like what is <laughs> what is the life of a prop grinder like when we're just sitting here waiting for some baseball games to happen well i'll have some action on the home run derby obviously tonight in a number of different markets but this is the time uh you know usually all-star break week is when i start diving into nfl season-long props Uh, of what I want to be targeting, going through different projections. Obviously, we're approaching training camp, so I want to, like, jump on some props before position battles are won and before, you know, potentially injuries, which obviously can affect the line. So, you know, starting to transition into NFL season stuff now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I've been deep in the NFL weeds. I am uh, right now, I am in uh 63 slow best ball drafts i uh max entered uh the one that launched last week got a bunch going so i'm i'm deep in those streets we are working on the season-long nfl projections that are going to be up on sports grid that you can use to attack a bunch of these markets it's uh look it's a real pain to go through the deep end i uh i neglected our spreadsheet for a while so getting everyone on the right rosters is a little bit of work. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the action that just wrapped up in baseball and at the World Series market. We've kind of been looking at the World Series market throughout the course of the show, getting people's thoughts. I, I think sort of the consensus is that, uh, you know, that series that just wrapped up between Atlanta and Tampa Bay, interesting stuff, doesn't, you know, particularly tell us anything about the eventual World Series champion. But I mean, do you see uh, a spot? to attack in this market. One I've seen a lot of people talk about is the Baltimore Orioles. They obviously have, I mean, they've got this great farm system. Like uh, Craig was just on talking with us about how hard it's going to be to be a buyer at the trade deadline. 
Well, it's not going to be hard to be a buyer if you're the Orioles because you've got like basically an unlimited number of high ceiling prospects. Now, the Orioles are not going to be a team that can send $10 million cash in any of these deals. Like the Dodgers can make a trade and then be like, all right, you can also have as much cash as you know, we are legally allowed to give you in this transaction. And, and somehow we haven't even, uh, I mean, Otani's going to get traded, right? I mean, Otani is going right. to get traded. It, it would be insane for the Angels to hold on to them as they as they fall out of this race. I mean, the the world to me, the World Series market feels wide open because Otani is like this, I don't know, six or seven win player who is probably going to move teams. Right, and the, I, I love the Braves this year, and I love what the Braves are doing. The fact that they're still not fully healthy with no Max Fried and no Kyle Wright, and they're still dominating teams out there. You know, I spoke to Ben, you know, a couple of weeks ago about the Orioles and having just a position on them because they're going to be holding down a playoff spot and just having like that in your portfolio, I think is super, super valuable. I think the best spot to attack might be from an NL market or looking at NL outcomes, like looking at the Braves over the Dodgers instead of the World Series forecast. I think that's a little bit too far out. So that's the spot that I would probably prefer to look. So it's going to be some... Uh, combination of the Braves getting them in the NL over a specific team, uh, whatever it might be. And I, I frankly think if Otani is going to be traded, there's value to take a player other than him to win the AL MVP. Because if he goes to the Mets, if he goes to the Padres, the Dodgers, that means the AL MVP is probably wide open at that point. I had not even thought of that. I mean, look, that's why we get the prop perspective with you here on the program. And we don't uh, we, we don't have a, a graphic for this. So apologies to the uh, to our, our, our friendly producers. I, I, I'm, I'm leaving you guys without uh, a life raft here. But I mean, dude, that is fascinating because if he does get traded to the Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres right now, Corey Seager is 17 to one. Marcus Semien is 35 to 1. Wander Franco, who would be my bet just because he's on the best team. And I think, I mean, I think it would really throw voters for a loop. I mean, I just don't, I, I do not remember any scenario. I mean, MVP favorites do not get traded. That's just really the way the right. baseball works. Uh, Franco would be the best hitter, not the best player, but the best hitter on the best team. Right now, he's 35 to 1, and a Rosarena is 35 to 1. I mean, you could put a $10 bet on both of those guys and be like, I mean, if Otani gets traded, I would imagine the market would reconfigure itself and Franco would go to like 8 to 1, a Rosarena probably like 10 to 1. Now, Seeger would probably be like 4 to 1 or something like that. But yeah, I mean, that is, that is, that's, that is a huge exploit in the market right now. And like, look, you're going to lose a lot of the bets you make anyways, but that, that has the possibility to give you like an insane amount of closing line value. Right. And I just think that's something it's, it's like you said, it's not a situation we normally encounter where this overwhelming favorite it, it like could be taken off the board for something that's like kind of out of his control or like somewhat, it's just a very weird and unique situation to kind of look at and try and like you said, exploit the market if you can. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's true. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at the home run derby odds for tonight. I ran through these earlier in the show with Donnie Wrightside, but we're going to get uh, some some new perspective here. Uh, I, I think the coolest thing is the matchups. I mean, these are that's probably the spot where there is uh, sort of the most money to be gained. And uh, Craig just told us that Mookie Betts said he's not winning this thing. So that right away, I mean, obviously the odds against Vlad are not great, but being able to short someone who just said uh, they're not winning, uh, I mean, that one feels pretty good to me. Although 
the thing with Vlad, and we saw this in the 2021 year when he and Otani were, were both vying for a home run, uh, dude is not in great shape, right? He is, in terms of being, uh, you know, uh, cardiovascularly healthy, it, it takes a lot out of you to take these big cuts. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely am not on Vlad to win. I think that is a, a hole in this market. Uh, I think you and I are both on the same guy to win this. But do any of the, uh, the matchups really speak to you? Yeah, and I think one thing we want to consider is the path to get there. Three of the four fate or th the three of the four players with the shortest odds are all on the same side of the bracket. Pete Alonso, Vladdy, and J Rod are all on the same side of the bracket, and only one of them is going to come out of that side of the bracket. So I think there's a path to looking to short that. And Garcia is my pick tonight. I think he is going to be the winner. I think he has a, a viable matchup to win in both round one and two. I think Luis Robert will come out of the top side of that bracket. I think. Garcia will win his. And like you said, if Vladdy gets past Mookie, like, yes, Mookie's not a massive, massive power hitter, but Vladdy, that means he has to get past Mookie. And then if he has to get past J-Rod, who has the crowd behind him, and then Pete Alonso, who we know is amazing, even if he gets past him, Vladdy, like you said, he might not have gas left in the tank to go up against someone like Garcia, who probably has a pretty easy path to get to the championship. So whether it's Pete Alonso or Vladdy coming out of that side, I just think there's just so much opportunity for Garcia. So I like Garcia not only outright, but I also like trying to take a little a shot on Garcia, direct outcome, Garcia over Alonzo or Garcia over Vladdy, and looking at the direct forecast. I think that offers a lot of opportunity. Yeah, direct forecast. I mean, it's a great way in these high hold markets. Uh, you know, look, our, our friends over at FanDuel are not trying to give us any free squares here over at, uh, you know, for the home run derby. So I had that one as well. I'll be on uh, Pharrell Coast to Coast later in the day, and I'll be talking about that same exact bet. I just sent that over to our producer, Brian. And uh, yeah, I, I did that same one of Adelise Garcia directly over Pete Alonso to juice it up. A little bit here and then uh i mean this is uh, another good one to hit the longest home run i mean this is definitely i think you'd have a very hard time uh you know basically logging this exactly to feel super confident what i would say is rutchman leaps out to me here at 25 to 1 simply because he is not the same uh you know body archetype of player as bets like rutchman is a big dude he's a catcher like this is it's not it's not like having louis arias sub in here for longest home run now is all these other like do i think the board looks about right yeah i mean obviously probably the true odds are a little bit deeper for each individual selection but if you told me rutchman was was really jazzed up you know obviously his first experience at an all-star game his first home run derby uh and maybe and this is another thing that uh you know is is really under considered i mean one of the reasons why alonzo does so well is he's got the perfect bp right it's his it's his dad that tosses it to him and they're these unbelievable it's right perfect for his swing his dad's probably been tossing in bp since he was like eight years old i mean i have no idea who adley rutschman or adelise garcia or randy rosa rainer's bp tosser is maybe it's just some guy at the stadium maybe it's his his pitching coach or whatever or his hitting coach but if rutchman has a similar thing and he does really well at this well i mean every time rutchman ever does a home run derby ever again all these numbers are going to be sliced in half do you have any thoughts on this market or any of the other niche longest home run markets yeah actually looking at rutchman and all the players he's actually hit the longest home run out of any player in the field this year uh, at 451 or 461 feet this year he has the longest home run other players are certainly up there as we as we see, but actually like longest distance home run, 485 and a half, the over on that. 
know, we're looking at three of these hitters that are in the top 10 of the league when it comes to uh, highest at, highest exit velocity this season. So whether it's J-Rod or whether it's going to be Pete Alonzo, I think that these are the players that will kind of cash this. There is a bet for over 499 and a half. That's up at plus 170. I don't like going to that. I'd rather just take the, the 480 and a half. You know, if you want to do a half a unit spring on the, on the plus 499, I think that's fine. But uh, whether it's max exit velocity or longest home run 485 and a half, those are probably my two favorite secondary markets tonight. All right. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely with you on Adelise Garcia to win at seven to one. I think uh, if anyone took anything away from TMA today, it's that we had a bunch of different people on the program. Uh, everyone other than Coach Young, I think, said they were on Adelise Garcia to win. So here at Sports Grid, we are going to ride or die together with the Texas Ranger Slugger. Thanks to Tom for joining the program. We are going to go ahead and run into break real quick. We're going to have Dave Sherapan join me here in just a moment to keep the good times rolling. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back into the morning after here on Sports Grid. I'm Davis Maddock. No Ben Stevens with you. I promise you, he's going to be back with you guys tomorrow. You'll get uh, you'll get Ben's dulcet tones. He's got a way better TV voice than I do. I'm, I'm way more suited for color commentary than hosting, but I appreciate him giving me the seat for today. We are joined by the sports big sports book consigliere Dave Sherpan. We're going to run through a bunch of the Major League Baseball markets. How you doing, bud? Good, Davis. What's up? I, I see you every day with this same game parlay. You come in, you fire all those crazy stuff. So normally on in-game live. So it's good to be here this morning with you. You got a you got a voice for hosting, please. Don't don't make Ben get a bigger head than he already has. We don't need any of that. He goes deep, he goes low, he goes high. You're doing just fine. What's up? You know, Cam says the same thing to me about the same game parlance. He's like, you know, we do it. We got, you know, we got our two legs. We got our plus 150. And then your segment comes on and you're firing. In fact, our there's been a couple times uh, our, our producer, Matt, has had to text me and be like, dude, you just like we you there's a nine leg parlay. Our, our graphic screen has space for six. We got six. That's all you can do. But I'm like, look, if I'm opening up my odd screen, if I'm making these, I'm trying to correlate these down to the nth degree i want you know i want i want four digits i want 11 to one if i'm laying down because in the same game parlay you're giving up a little bit of equity in order yes. to have the sports book pay you some more money so i'm i'm here i'm trying to fire i'm trying to win one a week basically is, is, is the plot if i win one of those a week i'm going to be feeling pretty good about the the six leg same game parlays that's that's fantastic that's good to know because we're always like we look at it right after and you go off the screen and then, you know, Gabe and Cam and I kind of look at it. And there's usually one or two that are like on the fence, like we're worried about for you, like two or three, sometimes even four. When you do those six bangers, it's like, yeah, those four look good. But I wonder why he threw that one in there. So we'll have to break down the process of that sometime, how you come up when you go to because you definitely shoot for the moon. Like, you like to take your shot, which is good, because Gabe and Cam have a completely opposite approach. They're happy taking a two-game, two you know, 
same game parlay that pays plus 140, sometimes even money. So all different ways to, to get to the window here in the sports book. You know that. Yeah, I mean, look, and everyone takes a different path to the window. Right. Some people some people want to make 30 bets a day, get it in good, and, and scrape out. It's like me. I love betting. Betting is fun. Uh, it's yeah. not my full-time job, so I'm here. I'm trying to have a good time <laughs> when, I am, uh, when I'm walking up to the window. Speaking of which, I did get a bet in on the National League Central right as that Cincinnati runs, uh, that Cincinnati Reds run started to happen. I, I basically yep. took one look at LA De La Cruz and I was like, this guy sure. is going to change baseball. I got the Reds at, uh, I believe, plus 350 to win the National League Central. So I'm here every day when I watch the Reds. I'm like, oh, come on, just, you know, get it done. I, you know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm having a heart attack watching Brandon Williamson give up yeah. home run after home run. And I, I'm also looking at this Brewers team like, I wish they would just go away. I wish Christian Yelich would stop getting on base every single time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how much do we think we're going to see these odds flip between the Reds and the Brewers? The rest, I mean, it's probably going to flip flop every single day for, for the rest of the season, I would imagine. Oh, someone winning two games in a row and someone losing two games in a row multiple times throughout the year is going to flip these odds back and forth. Moving to division odds in baseball is one of the most fun things I ever did in the book because it's a daily process, especially when there's a race. And here, there's a race. You said it. Milwaukee's not going away. As much as you want them to, they're not going away. The Reds pitching is going to drive you crazy, yes. But that Reds lineup is fun, young, and they score runs. I almost said something else, young, fun, and whatever. Um, but we can't say that this morning. These two teams are going to come down to the end. Now, who's the third team? Because – the Cubs' odds are right there. The Cardinals' odds are still low. And the Pirates, at 41 and 49, it's nighttime in Pittsburgh behind me. I'd like to believe that they got a shot to at least kind of catch up a little bit, maybe get in the wild card. But the odds there say it's a two-team two race. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, and it's a perfect time at the All-Star break to, you know, evaluate your position you're gonna probably have to take the brewers at some point and hopefully plus something um you know anytime in the next month no hedge no hedge for me oh, i I, right. I don't That's i don't fine. i don't Both believe in it i'm 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 philosophically <laughs> opposed to the hedge i and i'm philosophically okay. opposed to the hedge because once i did it and it cost me uh, what would have been, you know, the best betting day of my life when right. Danny Willett won the Masters. I waited, yes. I waited. Spieth hit the water, and I was like, you know what? Spieth's number is super deep. I think, I think they moved him down to ten to one or something yeah. like that after he hit the water, but he was still in second. And I bet on Spieth, and and obviously, you know, Willett went. I think he won by three strokes, even. So I just that moment for me, I was like, you know what? It's just not even worth it. If it was, if it was true, life changing money. You know, if I had, you know, a 100K payout coming on a yeah. World Series or something, maybe I would do it then. But if it's not life-changing money, I am uh, I am opposed. Uh, all right. Now, we got to take a look at the World Series futures market. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, this is a market with a ton of hold. It's a market that gets a ton of action. And I think it's one that is out of whack. We've, we've sort of been talking about this market throughout the course of the show. Everyone's had their own take on it. Although the one thing everyone seems to agree on is that this Dodgers number is just way too high. Now, obviously, the Dodgers, unlimited money, uh, mm -hmm. whatever move they want to make at the trade deadline, 
They're going to be able to grease the wheels with some cash. They have they have mm-hmm. prospects too. I mean, look, they could trade. They could trade James Outman, really, if they wanted to, who would certainly, I think, be worth quite a bit, given that he's already started to perform at the Major League Baseball level. Uh, the Braves and the Rays, way high. Um, I mean, you look at this market. Uh, I, I think a team I'm really interested in is the Baltimore Orioles. Just talked mm-hmm. about that with Tom Vecchio. They, they could be, uh, I mean, they, I think they would be the most successful buying team at the deadline because they have the best prospects to offer of any of these teams that are sort of in it. But how do you see this market sort of evolving over the next three months? Well, I mean, at what point do you make the Yankees a much better price so maybe someone will buy a ticket? That's the first thing that I see on that graphic. 15 to 1 is not high enough to get anybody to go, you know what, this team's really good. I think they can make a run in October. So, I mean, the Twins, you're trying to find money there. Where's the Guardians on this list? That's the other team that I think again, and I fall for the I fall for the centrals every year. I just I because uh, once you get in, anything can happen. We saw it last year with the Phillies and the Padres, especially in uh, in the National League. I had some long shot tickets on them, both exactas and futures that I had bought in September. Just get in, and we'll see what happens. So the top end isn't going to change much. The Braves are the best team in baseball. The Rays are the best team in the American League. That's not changing. Dodgers are minus 340 to win their division. They're back. Um, We'll see what happens with the Padres and the Diamondbacks in the second half. A lot to talk about. I mean, it's wide open. There's buyers, sellers. The next month is really going to determine. The next three weeks is going to determine who's in and who's out. I didn't see the Mets on that list. Was the Mets on that list? I didn't see it. Where was the Mets? I mean, the Mets do have a number, but they are way, way down, right? And, I mean, talking about teams that are going to be buying. Now, Craig made a good point. We just had him on. And he made a good point, which is, like, as of right now, July 10th, you could name, like, four sellers, right? The Rockies would sell you whatever they had. The Royals, the Athletics, and the Nationals would sell you whatever they had. But every other team in baseball can tell themselves a story. Like, actually, you know what? We could be yeah. the Cincinnati Reds. We could go on a run. We could we could get to the second wild card. Uh, now, obviously, by August first, some of those teams that might believe that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the White Sox. Uh, I mean, honestly, maybe even the Tigers go the wrong way. Maybe the Guardians go the wrong way. It's it's definitely possible uh, those teams will go the other way. But what that means is there's a clear hole in this futures market because on August second. Maybe the favorites will be the same. You know, maybe the Braves and the Rays will still be the same. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a team that's 12 to 1, that's 50 to 1 right now. There's going to be a team that's 20 to 1, that's 100 to 1 right now. I mean, what what is the Orioles price going to be on August Correct. 2nd? What is the Mets price going to be on August? If, if the Mets go on, a, they win five games out of eight, they win, you know, I don't know, 11 games out of 15, something like that. And they get rid of Vogelbach and they add you know, one one good reliever, what is their price going to be? Like, I, I think now is like a really ideal time to take some stabs. No question. That's, I mean, speaking of stabs, do you touch the home run derby at all? Do you do, do you look at the home run derby to actually wager? Because this for me is a strictly a viewing um, spectator sport for me. I, I don't like to get involved in it. Yeah, I do. I got one bet that I have uh, that I have put in right now, which is Adelise Garcia to win at seven to one. Now, is Ooh. this, you know, it, do I do I Ooh. have a hundred percent conviction? Like, am I using Kelly rules to calculate my edge and how much I'm getting down? 
know, but it is my hunch that he probably should be third favorite or maybe even tied with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, The reason being, I mean, his power profile, his isolated slugging matches up with guys who have done well before. And I mean, I think really the only reason he's seven to one is because it's his first time doing it. No one's seen him do it before. And there are other more recognizable names, right? Everyone wants to get in Alonzo. Everyone wants to get in on Vlad. People know Louis Robert. I mean, people even know Mookie Betts, although Mookie Betts, Craig just told me that Mookie Betts told the media he's not winning this thing. So, you know, do do with that whatever you will in terms of his right. head-to-head matchups. But basically, and, and Julio Rodriguez is not even having a good season, so I wonder if he's, like, working through something with his swing or whatever. But Garcia looks to me like clear and and tom vecchio our guest last segment agree with me it's like clearly the most attractive number on the board oh yeah i mean between him maybe a rosarena can he win it that would be fun that would be a, a a good you know thing for the fans and obviously the best thing for the fans would be julio rodriguez and <laughs> that's the one that you take the most bets on you know you always grab the the the, the hometown guy all these like the three point shootout in the NBA used to take the bets and on the on the guy who was the hometown guy, the home run derby, same thing. So good luck with that tonight. I hope you win it because I don't think I'm gonna have any wagering on it. I did it's it's a one time, one off thing. I hate my I hate ever betting on those things and booking those things is so much fun because they are so random. I mean, yeah, being on being on the bookmaker side of uh, of the home run derby, the all star game, uh, you know, the NHL skills contest. Now, people would say anything not on the court, but no, bookmakers can get taken for a ride on the NFL draft or the NBA draft. Like if they oh, if they the get a little if they get a little bit of bad info, or they take a monster bet and move the odds there, but the monster bet ends up they had bad. In- I mean, look no further yeah. than the NBA draft first overall last year. People got. I mean, the books got absolutely smoked. They were they were basically running a lottery for people with Paolo Bancaro number one yes. overall. I mean, that was that's got to be the hardest market for you to set. The absolute worst. It's the absolute worst. Um, Freeze did a good, good job. We got everything in except the NBA in season tournament. That was the the list of things. Do you like that thing? Do you like the idea of that thing? Yeah, we didn't even we didn't even get a chance to get to it here on the show, but I like it because I think there will be great moments every single year because great players are going to decide I don't want to lose to LeBron. I don't want to lose to Damian <laughs> Lillard, so I'm going to try. Adios. See you later. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Guys, welcome back. We're closing out the morning after here on Sports Grid TV. I've been Davis Maddock with you guys for the last two hours. Been an awesome show, joined by a bunch of my friends here on the network. Really enjoyed it. Hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Before we get out of here, I do need to remind you guys about the awesome app that we have, the Sports Grid app. It just launched. You can get it in the App Store. You can catch up on anything that you've missed throughout the day. You can create personalized feeds for whatever host you like. For whatever sport you like so if you really like me if you really like ben 
Maybe you really like Dave. Maybe you really like Tom Vecchio. You can get all that content in the app. You can get everything from the leagues that you love. So if you love soccer, you can get soccer, NBA, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball. Pretty self-explanatory and pretty cool. You can dive into matchup previews for every game, search through all of our projections, line movements, injuries, and everything else that you need to make a good and enjoyable wager. When the games are live, you'll be able to see the latest odds, scores, and stats. It is the perfect complement to all the insights that you can get on our Sports Grid website that is available for free. The app is free as well. It's now available in the App Store. I encourage you guys to go download it and check it out. Before we get out of here, I did just want to mention something. Uh, we, we did not get to this in the program, but the Open Championship over in England is taking place. And, uh, I mean, to me... Uh, everyone has their favorite sporting event. Some people like the World Series, the Super Bowl, the, the Masters, whatever. To me, the greatest sporting event on the calendar is always the Open Championship. They play the best courses. I think it is, honestly, I think it is the truest test of golf, assuming that we get a little bit of weather. You have to play so many different shots. You have to make so many different putts. The greens are always very tricky. And it is a major championship taking place now that we uh we're going to be able to see everyone on TV because now that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour have merged, there's no reason for Phil and Brooks and Cam Smith and all these guys to get the short shaft from the broadcast crew. So I'm very excited for that. And also just hilarious to me that Ricky Fowler is going off at 15-1 to 1 to win a golf tournament. Everyone, thanks for watching today. Stay on the grid, and I'll be back with you guys Saturday morning on Fantasy Sports Today.